I always say that brands that are able to run successful referral programs are those who meet these three conditions. Um, first of all, they have a good product. Um, second, they have a, a good purchase experience. And then the third, they have a solid support system um, that, that's able to help their customers. Hello and welcome to ESM Squared, the podcast for experienced social media marketers. I'm Emily, your host and long-term member of the team here at Iconosquare. Iconosquare is one of the leading analytics and management tools for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. We're proud to work with some of the biggest agencies in the world, as well as huge brands such as Patagonia, Sephora, Versace and even NASA. If you're new to Iconosquare or just haven't got around to checking out our tools before, you can start with the basics by heading over to audit.iconosquare.com and getting a free audit of your Instagram and Facebook accounts to find out once and for all where you're flying high and where you're falling flat. These audits are so helpful and they're literally the best place to start when it comes to improving your social media strategy with analytics. If you're a regular listener of ESM Squared, you know that we have two types of episode. The interviews with social media experts, where professionals share with me and all of you their experiences working with social media, as well as their internal strategies, tips, tricks, and more. And we also have tutorial episodes in which I talk all by myself about a particular topic, which can often be a burning question for social media marketers like you, and help guide you into making strong decisions for your social strategy. This episode is an interview, and I was lucky enough to be able to interview Raul Galera, Chief Advocate at Referral Candy. I'll let Raul explain more about his position in just a second and I'll also be asking him about referral and influencer marketing in general so don't miss out on his tips once you're done with this episode I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating don't forget you can try like on a square for free for a whole two weeks and you don't need to share any credit card information to get started contact me directly for any questions or feedback via emily at iconosquare.com today I'm with Raul Galera from Referral Candy. Hi Raul, how are you today? I'm good, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Right, let's start out with these questions. I wanted to start today's chat by asking you about Referral Candy in general. Could you go over within the company, tell our listeners about you guys, what it is that you do, and more specifically what your role is within the team? Yeah, so we are a software that allows e-commerce brands to set up and run customer referral programs. Um, so think about the traditional give 10, get 10. Um, it's it's a, it's a very easy way for brands to acquire new customers while they are retaining their, their existing ones. And we basically allow them to run these referral programs on, on autopilot. Um, and uh, what I do specifically at the company, so I am uh, I'm currently, it's called the chief advocate, which is kind of a, a, a fancy title, uh, but I've, I've been managing uh, partnerships at the company for the past five years. So my role is to to work with uh, merchants directly, but also with agencies, uh, tech companies and, and, and media companies as well in the in the e-commerce world. Great, thank you. So, and what kind of content does Referral Candy deal in? Can you walk me through the process from the moment that you onboard a new merchant to the delivery of your final product? Yeah, so uh, we pretty much focus um, uh, in terms of content strategy. We've always focused on on being the number one destination for referral marketing content. So, um, actually, Referral Candy started in 2010. So, we've been around for for a while, and and from the very beginning, we we wanted our, our blog to be the centerpiece of our marketing strategy. Uh, but also, we wanted to use this uh, as a as a resource for merchants uh, that either were getting started with referral marketing and they wanted to get more kind of preliminary information on how referral programs work uh, but also those kind of like advanced um, users that wanted to get you know tips and, and information and, and strategies on how to improve their the referral campaigns um, so our, our process I mean it's pretty pretty straightforward um, 
we try to educate content uh sorry educate uh merchants with content um pretty much from 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 the first moment that they hear about us and then we we try to nurture them with more and more information about how referral marketing can work with them uh, like i said we use uh the blog and we use a lot of resources there that we that we distribute whether it's on social media or, or with email uh to our customers but we also uh, are starting to create more and more video content um and more specifically we create uh either demo webinars that i ran run myself or or kind of like short videos that explain uh specific uh features and or specific kind of like items on how to run a referral program so um we pretty much uh want to make sure that they're covered from end to end from the first time that they start thinking about running a referral program to the moment that they're they're actually running it and they're just looking for ways to to improve it so obviously taking care of partner programs and dealing with so many clients on a daily basis, uh, I'm sure you have some great insights to share about the state of social media at the moment. Can you tell me what you're seeing, what are professionals doing on social media these days and maybe what their goals are? Yes, yeah, so I would say that um, first of all, um, something I noticed, especially during 2020, um, is that I'm seeing brands be more careful about joining conversations on, on social media. Um, and again, especially particularly delicate topics that that took place around 2020 um i think brands used to kind of jump the gun and, and make the, the the wrong comments or or make the wrong decisions before um i think they they kind of had this feeling that they had to join pretty much every conversation that was happening on social media just to be able to to stay visible and stay active uh, but i think that's not the case anymore um at, at, the, at the same time consumers are, are being able to tell um, who are those brands that are actually concerned about specific issues um, for their actions, uh, not necessarily for their awards, um, and those who are just trying to take advantage of, of some situation to to gain exposure. So brands that have been uh, traditionally involved in, in one particular issue are being treated more seriously when they speak out about, again, uh, particular topics. Um, and, and those who maybe haven't been involved with uh, you know, certain uh causes um before whenever they try to join a conversation i think they're getting a little bit more backlash so so again i think brands are being more careful in general which um i, th I think it's uh, i think it's good um and then on the other hand I'm, I'm seeing an overall increase in the importance of customer retention uh kind of across the board so brands are more and more focused on developing more um marketing assets um and uh that involved customer retention uh and social media is it's obviously one of those channels that they use to deliver this content. Uh, in in uh, in particular, I'm seeing brands uh, delivering more useful and educational content to their followers rather than using social media uh, as a kind of like a purely promotional uh, channel, uh, kind of like like they used to. Um, one really quick, a cool example actually that I saw uh, last year. Um, so obviously, the travel industry suffered <laughs> a lot during during 2020, um, and there's one particular uh, clothing brand that focused on creating uh, products specifically for travel. Um, that obviously last year, well, they, they they really had to kind of like rethink their whole marketing strategy, um, and and something that they did is that they came up with uh, highly curated content um, with you know. COVID-friendly destinations or ideas for road trips. Um, and, and you could tell that they didn't want to just, you know, get something out there quickly, just something that they could publish on social media and, and kind of like get people to interact with it. They actually wanted to provide useful content that people would actually 
follow and, and, and use for, for their trip planning, which, which was obviously a lot more limited last, last year than it is this year. And, and that has definitely paid off for them. Um, now that people are traveling, uh, more and more these days, uh, especially compared to the summer of 2020. Um, so yeah, when, when you provide useful content to, to your followers and your customers, they're definitely going to appreciate that. And they're going to see that, uh, that again, that you, you wanted to actually provide something useful and necessarily just uh, get some quick exposure. You can definitely feel the difference, can't you, when uh, the content has a real intention behind it rather than just being a piece of content because I post every day, so I have to post something today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it's a, it, we're all we're all exposed to this kind of content, and and uh, I mean, ourselves as consumers, we're able to tell immediately uh, when somebody just wants our quick attention because they're going to sell us something. Um, but and, and we're actually surprised, uh, I think, when, when brands uh, truly provide you with with content, and you're kind of expecting that sales pitch at the end, and 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 you don't see it uh, because the whole, I mean, the whole. Uh, content is, is a sales pitch in a way. Uh, when you're able to um, provide something useful to somebody, they're going to keep you. They're going to stay top of mind. I mean, this is this is a great example. This this, this company that I'm mentioning, um, they're they're not referral candy clients, but I still I still remember them, uh, and I still you know, and I still bring them up in, in conversations because of what they did, um, and you know, I might purchase from them. Um, uh, you know, later later on, but they they were able to kind of capture my attention um, because they pro- they they gave me something that I could actually use in my in my daily life. So so that's the value of it. Yeah, it's like they've converted you, but on like a over a longer period of time. Like at some point down the road, you probably will convert and become one of their customers. But as it is, you've just got them in your mind, which is half the job done. Really, more than yep. half. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Great. Can you give me any examples of brands that Referral Candy is working with and how they're keeping on track with their objectives? Maybe some campaigns which have worked well. Yeah. So I um, kind of like a, just to, 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 to start with, um, I always say that brands that are able to run successful referral programs um, are those who meet um, these, these three conditions. Um, first of all, they have a good, a good product. Um, second, they have a, a good purchase experience and then the third they have a solid support system um, that that's able to help their customers um, that's kind of the bottom line for the success of any program you need to have all those items in in place uh, now on top of that there are other aspects that make them successful uh, and that could be the, the the type of rewards that they're offering uh, the type of products they're offering or or maybe how word of mouth friendly um, uh, their product is and uh, when we think about the classic examples of referral programs um, you know PayPal Dropbox Uber um, one thing that they all had in common was the fact that they were truly re- revolutionary products. Um, back then, you know, uh, PayPal was something new. I mean, sending sending money online was definitely something that we weren't used to. So we we love talking about um, you know kind of like this new cool way of sending money to our friends and family. And, and same with Dropbox and same with Uber. So uh, they were pretty word of mouth friendly because they were just you know something new, and we just loved uh, telling people about this really cool thing that we had discovered that might have never heard of before before um, and, and that happens in e-commerce as well uh, so if you're uh, offering either a new product or or an old product but with a twist um, that's really going to work um, uh, very well and we have companies and industries um, as traditional as you know, the cleaning cleaning supplies that have been able to run extremely successful referral programs because their products are, are revolutionary um, in in a way they've been able to add that twist 
that makes them different from the the kind of like the traditional operators in their industry. Um, and that makes their customers love talking about them. And that kind of kind of circles back with what we were just uh, talking about, staying top of mind. When you have a product that's um, kind of new and revolutionary in a way, uh, your customers are going to keep you top of mind and they're going to come up in conversations. So um, if your product is, it's easy for your customers to to mention it in, in conversations to their friends and family, um, those referrals are going to happen. Um, what we do at Referral Candy is basically just make their job easier. So um, we, have, we have a couple of examples that kind of come to mind. Um, and and the, the one that I was thinking about when I mentioned uh, the cleaning supplies. So we have a, a, a customer that's called Branch Basics. Uh, they're based in the U.S. Um, and they uh, their subscription business for for cleaning supplies. But kind of like their twist um, is that they uh, that the founders of the company they realize that um, most of what we pay for when we buy cleaning supplies is water and plastic. Um, when you buy detergent or or dish soap, um, the, the main ingredient is water, um, and then you're also paying for the package because you're going to use that package and then you're you're going to throw it away. They realize that. Those products are could either be reused, like plastic, or water. It could just it's something that we just have at home uh, available to us. So they they started with um, this um, uh, this subscription service in which their customers were able to um, just get kind of like a, an initial package of of uh, bottles, and then uh, they will get a subscription of like this concentrates that would dilute in water, and then they'll be able to use these clean supplies uh, without obviously damaging the the environment. So that product. And again, they're they're participating in an industry that's it's it's massive and it's also very traditional. They were able to kind of come up with this twist uh, that made them very uh, word of mouth friendly, um, and obviously the, the referral program pretty much took off immediately, and they were able to use it also to uh, kind of break through the noise because it's it's a highly competitive industry. There's massive companies operating in the in the space, so they had to find a way to uh, get exposure and get in front of new customers, and they use their own customer base um, to, uh, as their as their marketing team or, or their sales team. And, and right now, about 10% of their monthly revenue comes from referrals, which is uh, which is a, a really good number, especially when you consider the, the how, how profitable that channel can be compared to other acquisition channels. Um, and then uh, from 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 other kind of like traditional industries, uh, we've seen uh, a lot of companies uh, in the in the clothing and apparel industry that are kind of breaking through the noise and they're standing out from their their competition by uh, giving their customers a purpose of why they are creating uh, specific types of products. Um, and so, uh, for example, uh, we we have a customer called Christy Dawn, um, and they uh, they're kind of like you know they're obviously against the, the fast fashion type of uh, industry and so they're producing um, pieces of clothing that last forever which i know it sounds crazy these days because <laughs> most of the the clothing items that we bought that we buy um can't can't really last for more than a couple of years they're they're doing the opposite um and and they have obviously they have a company mission that goes you know beyond that and they kind of explain why they started uh, operating in this business and so that makes referrals a lot richer uh, when you have obviously great products, but at the same time your company has a purpose, uh, these recommendations are a lot deeper and have a lot more information than just um, you know as if your customers were just going to say, "Oh, I got this dress online." Uh, they're just gonna—they're not gonna say that they got it online. They're gonna mention the name of the company. They're gonna mention um, the, the 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 purpose and the reason why they bought it. They bought it, and uh, also what the company stands for. So I think that makes them—that's uh, in my opinion what can 
separate a, a, a good referral program from a truly great referral program in terms of results and in terms of reach. As you say, like these are environmentally friendly brands with their with their products, which are not necessarily pretty and not necessarily uh, sparkly and uh, the kind of thing that people would love to buy a few years ago. And nowadays they've become the products which loads of people are actually really excited to get behind and they don't, as I said, they don't have to be pretty. And, and I feel like that's, that's really made a shift in the, in the world of marketing. That it's not all about the big flashy colors and the, who's got the best logo and all the rest of it. It's, uh, it's really about the purpose behind what they're doing. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And, and, and again, um, like you mentioned, these are, especially the, the kind of the cleaning supplies product. Uh, that's something that we used to buy almost uh, unconsciously. We just write it on our, on our shopping list and we go to the, the, the grocery store and we just get it. And, and that's it. I mean, maybe the only kind of the only difference that we look at is in terms of maybe price or if we recognize a brand. But um, but here we're talking about, I mean, you, you would never see somebody being excited <laughs> about talking to uh, to their friends and family about their dish soap. Uh, but it's actually happening with this, mm-hmm. with uh, Branch Basics. Um, because again, there's there's a purpose. And, and also, I feel like consumers feel good about their choices. Um, and, and when you feel good about it and when you feel like you're making an impact i mean which you are to be honest um it, you know it, it it gets a lot easier to to kind of spread the word and and try to convert your friends and family to uh to this new thing that you've discovered yeah and so talking about word of mouth and all of this uh, talking to your friends and stuff what about influencer marketing are you seeing any trends among bigger brands smaller businesses what are they doing at the moment well we've definitely seen uh, not necessarily just in terms of uh, influencer marketing or um i would say influencer marketing uh, as part of uh, word of mouth marketing which is uh, i mean what we typically uh, uh what we're typically typically following um is that brands have been more creative um in terms of how to acquire new customers so um especially during 2020 uh Two things happen that uh, kind of force uh, e-commerce brands to get creative. The first one was that a lot more companies joined the the, the online space, um, and so companies that were traditionally just selling on on physical retail they moved to to online and they started their online stores, and, and now they had to compete with those. Um, and also that also crowded the the ad space. So uh, the, the 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 budgets that you the brands were playing with before that were no longer um, enough. And so they they either had to put more money into ads or they had to find more creative ways to to reach customers. And word of mouth was one of them um, and and definitely uh, influencer marketing. And so um, they the brands, I think kind of like the main trend that I'm seeing is that uh, brands are realizing that when they choose influencers, they need to make sure that they're uh, speaking to uh, their audience perfectly. So Either you, you you do it by bringing influencers that you know your customers are already following, or you kind of like introduce them to uh, to to new followers, or you are able to kind of like find um, influencers that have an audience that it's not not necessarily your kind of like ideal customer base, but they are, but they could be interested in it. Um, and so those are those are things that brands are are doing. Uh, to be able to to kind of reach new audiences and also and also retain the ones that they have. Um, at the end of the day, influencer marketing, um, in my opinion, uh, it's pretty similar to word of mouth marketing because uh, when an influencer recommends something on their social media profile, um, sure, it's not the same as a friend recommendation, but those people are are famous on social media because of 
their expertise in one particular topic, um, and they 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 they've earned their trust uh, of their followers because of the content that they produce. And so, when we see an influencer recommending a product, it's not the same as when we see a a singer or or a or, or a, f- a football player recommending a product. We know that they don't have skin in the game, but influencers do. If, if influencers recommend a product um, and turns out that it's not good, uh, that can hurt their own business. So they're a lot more careful. So. Um, I think in general, that's what um, brands are, are trying to create kind of like more personal connections uh, with influencers and also with their uh, with their customers as well. And so they're not they're definitely not going for kind of like the the, the biggest accounts or or maybe the 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 kind of like um, uh, celebrities in a way. They're going for kind of like more smaller niche accounts that know that can uh, speak to their customers and speak to their audience a lot more directly. I was going to ask you what you think that a brand should look out for when they're looking for the perfect influencer for their brand. I would say, I mean, I'll say somebody that that looks exactly like their customers. Um, something that we that we actually do on uh, Referral Candy, one of the, the features that Referral Candy has um, is that allows you to see who are your top advocates. Um, so the, who are the customers that are referring uh, the most friends? And and uh, one of the things that that brands can can do through that uh, feature is that they might be able to see that they have one particular customer that has referred three, four, five more times, um, more friends than anybody else. And that typically happens when you're, when you, when you have an influencer in your customer base. Um, and so if you don't know that you have an influencer that's already buying your products and, and they're happy with your products and they're promoting you on, on their social media accounts, because you have a referral program, um, they're, they're doing that promotion, but they're doing it in a way that that's, it feels truly unique because they, they are users of your products and then they actually like it. And so that's when, when these like, um, kind of like high profile referrals, uh, happen with, with influencers. So, um, that's the ideal scenario. If you can spot influencers within your customer base and then connect with them and ask them, um, you know, what's the best way that we can, uh, support you, uh, with your, with your, uh, with your business. But at the same time, you know, what's the best way for you to kind of promote our products? Uh, that's the ideal scenario. Otherwise, uh, just try to find somebody that looks exactly like your customers or are as similar as possible because those are those are the ones that are going to be able to provide a more personal recommendation um than than somebody that's just looking for kind of like a, a financial transaction of i'll promote your product and this is what you get yeah and then there's those brands who will actually reach out to their users because they've posted a story or something with a picture of their product in it and they'll say hey do you fancy a collab i mean yep yep exactly your into your in, into your influences yeah Moving on to the questions which concern your experiences. Is there anything that stands out to you as a memorable moment in your work, maybe a proud moment? Um, a proud moment? Um, I would say that, um, so we, we don't produce a lot of video content, um, but the, the majority of the videos that we have in our, in our YouTube channel are uh, are. are made by by uh, by me i i create like a lot of uh, kind of like demo webinars and uh just like videos that explain how certain aspects of referral candy work um but uh but there's one there's one kind of like demo webinar that it's available to to brands and they, they kind of watch it on a, on a regular basis and um so I, I can't think of like one particularly memorable uh or or proud moment but i i, I personally get really excited every time 
uh, someone emails me after watching my demo webinar, and especially if it's coming from from a brand that I'm familiar with or a brand that I already like, um, I guess it's kind of like the, a similar feeling as as having a celebrity <laughs> emailing you. Um, that's that I guess that's that's how it feels like. Um, so I mean, thankfully this happens uh, a few times a month, and we we get a lot of brands to to that, that watch those videos and kind of like use it as the entry point to uh, to start a referral program. Um, but yeah, I do. I do get a sense of uh, kind of achievement or, 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 you know, I get, I feel proud, I guess, of my work when, when I, I, I managed to get somebody's attention for 20, 25 minutes. And, and even they have questions after that, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of like the best feeling when you're also when you're uh, doing public speaking and you finish a, a presentation and then you ask if anybody has any questions and you see the audience, you see like several hands raising in the, uh, you know, in the audience, that's, that's a great feeling because it, it, it tells you that people are paying attention. So that's, uh, those emails are my equivalent of the, of the raised hands. Yes, right. Such a good feeling. Cool. Okay. Is there anything that you can tell me about your position at the moment at Referral Candy that would surprise me? Uh, something that surprised me actually uh, when I when I first so I come from a sales background um, and uh, before joining Referral Candy I was doing sales and business development and so I thought that that uh, partner management will be pretty similar. At the end of the day, I will have to sell our product to, um, in this case, to agencies that would then sell it to uh, their to their customers. And so I, I thought that it was it was going to be pretty much a, a sales position, but um, it turns out that I do a lot more. Um, kind of customer support and marketing than than sales these days um uh, i actually so i recently uh joined a, a conference an online conference and i gave a presentation about partner management um and uh so and that was a, a really good uh time for me to kind of like do some some uh, introspect and and kind of like analyze how my work has evolved in the past uh, five years um and i came up with this slide i mean which was meant to be funny i guess uh that, which i followed this template this meme template that uh, I'm sure a lot of people have seen. It's like how my friends see me, how my parents see me and you know, how I actually am, you know, and you have oh, like yeah, all these yeah, different yeah. pictures. Yeah. Uh, so in my case it was like how my colleagues see me, how my LinkedIn connections see me. And, you know, I had all these pictures of people doing public speaking or like, you know, traveling to conferences. And, and then the real me was some, someone who's, you know, whose back was hurting from being hunched of, uh, over the computer for too long. So, um, and it, it, it was kind of like a, a representation that, you know, it, it, um, what I was expecting from my job is, um, I mean, which I do, I mean, I go to conferences, I, I do public speaking. I mean, this is an example of it. Um, but the, the, most of my work happens, uh, over, over email and over calls with, with merchants and agencies, um, and kind of like, uh, managing their accounts and making sure that their customers are, are happy uh, using referral candy. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of, uh, the, 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 the non-public side of, <laughs> of partner management involves a lot more customer support than you would think. And I personally like it. So. Yeah, the, I mean, the, be the best bit is explaining it to your parents. I don't know if you've had that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they still don't know what I do. So that's, I, I gave up a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on to the final quickfire question. So I'm going to ask three questions uh, and I'm looking for the first answer that comes into your head. Uh, what takes up most of your time on any given workday? Um, email, for sure. Of course. Your favorite accounts on social media, which is very personal to you. Um, so there's one that I followed on Instagram for a really long time. That's called Daily Overview, um, and uh, so all they post is uh, pictures uh, taken from satellite. Uh, so you know, either pictures of, of cities or, or natural uh, natural landscaping. Um, but the the really cool thing about it uh, that that I made me uh, follow them in the, in, uh, in the first place is that. Um, 
they, they, they're called themselves daily overview and they, they're, they're named after the overview effect, which apparently it's something that astronauts get after they've been in space for a while and they've been looking at Earth from, from, you know, from a perspective and from kind of like that overview. Um, and apparently when you spend so much time in space, um, not kind of like, I don't know if Jeff Pesos, <laughs> after he came back from his trip, uh, managed to get this uh, this overview effect. But um, astronauts that spend a lot of time on on space apparently get it, and it's like you start seeing the Earth as a whole, and so you you know like borders stop making sense to you, and, and countries, and they have and the, the 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 fact that we have to like use passports to travel the world and all that kind of stuff that just you know doesn't make uh, doesn't make sense to you. Um, and so I, I really like that concept. It's something I wasn't aware of, and uh, and and they post. Like I said, they post pictures of of um, uh, different parts of the Earth um, from a from a satellite perspective, and, and it's really cool. And I thought I thought the name was was uh, really smart. Cool, yeah, I definitely have to go and check that one out. I was not aware of that concept either. Uh, final question: With all of your experience and uh, knowledge from an outside point of view, um, what would your advice to social media managers be? Um, I would say. That try to be as personal as possible with your with your customers. Um, uh, at the end of the day, uh, people that follow you on social media, it's it's because they 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 like your brand, and if they like your brand, it's it's because they like it more than than just the products, and so they're expecting a little bit more uh, from the brand uh, and from the social media accounts than just uh, you know getting promotions or getting alerts when a new product it's it's released. They they they, they want to. Uh, you know what? Know what you're up to as a brand. Uh, know what your you know what your your company mission is, um, and and they want to get content from you that's actually useful. Uh, kind of going back to the example that I mentioned earlier, um, try to provide useful stuff to to your followers, and and it'll pay back um, in the uh, sorry, it'll pay out <laughs> in in the long run. Uh, you'll be able to stay top of mind, and you'll be able to have. Uh, your audience and, and your customers think about you, and and even if they, they haven't bought from you before, uh, you'll be one of their their first options uh, when that moment comes. That's so true. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for all of the precious information coming from your outside perspective into social media management. Um, very interesting insights. Thank you once again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's all for today's episode. Don't forget you can check out our other tutorials and interviews with experienced social media marketers on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and TuneIn. Please don't hesitate to give this episode a rating and for all questions and comments or to inquire about being interviewed on ESM Squared, contact me directly via emily at iconosquared.com.